What's going on, my fellow A-plusers? Welcome back to a brand new episode of A-plus Opinions, your home for your nerd pop culture news and reviews. As always, guys, it is I, your host, Adam Perez, and we are, in fact, back with a brand new episode for you guys today uh, as we're going to be getting into some Titans review for you guys today. That's right. Season two is here. We're getting into season two, episode number four, titled Aqualad for you guys. Um, so we did have a brand new episode that dropped yesterday. If you haven't had the opportunity to go ahead and check it out, please do, um, because we're going to be breaking it down, giving you our spoilers, and giving you our thoughts in regards to some of the character storylines, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, guys. So thank you very much. Um, hey, if you're joining us live, if you're over in the live chat, feel free to go ahead and uh, feel free to go ahead and shoot your comments down below. If you have any particular questions, we'll certainly get to them uh, as well as we go through this particular review for you guys. So um, let's go ahead and just dive into it. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Um, this episode was a good episode for me. I truly enjoyed it. But the one thing that really kind of threw me off was probably the Aqualad character. And I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing um, when the main title of your episode is titled Aqualad. And uh, me as a viewer, I'm having a rough time trying to connect with the Aqualad character, to be honest with you. Um, Aqualad is, in fact, uh, played by uh, Drew Van Acker, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this is the first time that we've gotten the chance to see Aqualad. Uh, on the big screen. Uh, we've seen him in a couple of trailers, needless to say, or I should say the small screen, uh, but this is our very first live action version uh, of Aqualad. Not really feeling his costume, honestly, in regards to the design um, compared to everybody else's in the group. I feel like everybody else's is fairly well thought out, um, except for Aqualad's. Aqualad's just seems like it's very much a paint-by-numbers uh, sort of costume, if that makes any sense. There are some hints to maybe the traditional, uh, original, like, um, original Teen Titans kind of costume for Aqualad. So, so I'll certainly give them give them that in regards to at least like the red top, blue pants. I mean, at least he's not wearing any freaking Speedos uh, like the original Aqualad. So I will certainly give him that, needless to say. Um, but the, the character itself, uh, and he just didn't come across as a very, I don't want to say likable character, but it's almost like he has this, this arrogance and cockiness about him, um, the way that he kind of holds himself to where it's like, I almost don't fault Donna Troy for kind of not wanting that like in your face all the time because honestly i would get completely annoyed um by somebody with that type of attitude needless to say um but besides aqualad i really did love just the flashback um that we wind up getting here for this week's episode so we actually in this episode take a five-year jump to the past um you know the, the titans have talked about the past four or five years really being sort of um uh, a tumultuous time for them. And this is the episode in which we finally get to see why some of these Titans going back to Titans Tower, why it brings back such terrible memories. And so this is exactly uh, the episode that really focuses on that. So um, to kind of begin off this episode, we do get to see Deathstroke played by uh, Issei Morales. Once again, Slade Wilson. Um, I believe he's at like a hotel room when we go ahead and start this off. Um, if you pay attention, they are in fact talking about a murder trial that's certainly going on in the back background. You can hear it on his television. And they're talking about the idea that some of the witnesses are getting ready to go ahead um, and take the stand today kind of thing. So it's a pretty big pivotal day for this particular trial. Uh, but leave it up to Deathstroke uh, to kind of just cause mayhem and really ruin everybody's plans as whatever his mission is. His mission definitely is to go ahead and take out not only the witnesses for this murder trial, but almost everybody certainly included. And so Deathstroke does his fantastic Deathstroke impersonation, kills 
everybody, and he manages to get himself a new mission at the end of that, one that certainly leads him to San Francisco. And you know what that means, guys. He's going to have an encounter here with the Titans in this week's episode, and he certainly has... Uh, he certainly leaves an impact at the end of the day when he does go ahead and actually kill Aqualad. Um, so it's fascinating to me trying to figure out exactly what Deathstroke's mission is is here he doesn't really talk about it he doesn't really open up the pamphlet or the the envelope that was certainly given to him so we don't know what his mission is but the fact that he actually immediately goes straight for aqualad and donna troy uh, i'm assuming his mission is to kill that of all the titans not necessarily just aqualad because he does shoot twice um towards the end of the episode one to go ahead and kill aqualad and he does take another shot to go ahead and kill donna troy um i did hear a theory out there that somebody thinks that um that deathstroke was actually aiming for wonder girl and since he missed went to go ahead and shoot her again he they think that that's who the mission was supposed to go ahead and take out was wonder girl whereas if you ask me because there's the fact that i know that deathstroke rarely ever misses his targets if he's shooting two bullets that means he has two uh, that means that he has two targets, one for Aqualad and one for Wonder Girl. But unfortunately, thankfully, I should say for Wonder Girl, Jillian was certainly there um, to go ahead and stop the bullet. She's got like the sweet Amazonian sort of ninja star that she throws towards this oncoming bullet from Deathstroke and winds up splitting the bullet in half. Really cool uh, little sequence that they wind up doing there. Um, but they, they really did go ahead and tip their cap to uh, the Amazonians here in this week's episode, one that I was certainly uh, really, really thrilled with. So Deathstroke definitely has a a role to play here in this week's episode uh and this really puts deathstroke as slade wilson on the radar of the titans and we'll talk about exactly what that means just a little bit later but i do want to also discuss the idea as a quick honorable mention that deathstroke actually gets the opportunity to see his son in jericho in this episode as well um and this really fascinates me because it seems as though jericho and perhaps his mom are currently on the run um clearly in san francisco um Ize morales is actually in san francisco as deathstroke and winds up actually managing to track down jericho uh and i'm assuming his mother his mother who clearly is trying to keep jericho away or hidden uh, I think Jericho like accidentally leaves the window open. This is where Deathstroke actually is able to see him. But when his mom realizes that Jericho left the window open, she like closes the shades and things like that. They're definitely very much undercover. They're definitely in the process of hiding from whom I would have to assume more than likely Deathstroke. Because at this particular point, Jericho uh, is a mute. He doesn't have a voice. You can actually see the scar on his neck from where his neck was actually sliced. Um, I believe Rose, if I'm not mistaken, in the past couple episodes uh says that uh, at least i'm assuming what happened to jericho is all thanks to deathstroke at the end of the day but i'm really eager to certainly learn a little bit more about jericho uh and how he kind of fits into the scheme of things um and he does pop up towards the end of this episode and again we'll definitely go ahead and tackle that but i do want to talk about aqualad along with um wonder girl uh, there are moments to here where it's just sort of that cute awkward 
um, flirtation going on between these two, but it's a little bit odd when it's like just Aqualad, like when it's just Aqualad, who's just so much in your face, almost to the point where it's like uncomfortable. Like, is this, can you consider this sexual harassment? Like, I don't know if she appreciates you coming on to her like that Aqualad. Like there are times in this episode where I'm, that's exactly where I'm thinking. So it's one of those things. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to like this guy. Is he supposed to be um, is he supposed to be a jerk or just a cocky asshole? Like, what, what, what am I supposed to get out of this Aqualand character? It's almost like we got an Aquaman uh, in Jason Momoa who's got this long hair, uh, incredible chiseled looks with, you know, a little bit of a humor, some arrogance and cockiness to him. So is, is that like the template of all, like, Atla uh, Atlanteans at this point is that is that what we're going for that our Aqualad has to be almost as cocky and arrogant as the Aquaman from the from the movies in a sense I love me some Jason Momoa but I don't need all my Atlanteans to be a ripoff of Jason Momoa and that's exactly what I feel like Aqualad certainly was here in this episode unfortunately but that, that's simply, simply just me whereas when we look at Wonder Woman here, excuse me, Wonder Girl here, and Donna Troy, uh, who's played by Connor Leslie, just amazingly here in this episode. I'm really glad that they gave her a really another focus centric episode specifically for her. So I'm glad that we got to see Donna Troy in this episode, really struggling, honestly. Um, she's really in an odd place where she's trying to stay focused and do her duty, right? But she also is kind of in love with Garth. Um, but doesn't know how to balance out that life, right? She doesn't know how to balance out her personal life with her business sort of professional life, what she's trying to achieve for herself as a Amazonian warrior and, 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 and things like that compared to what Aqualad is certainly trying to get her to become really pretty much just to be in love with him, right? I think she says something about like, there's a, a scene in here where she's getting ready to go back to Themyscira uh, on the jet. And, uh, she looks at Garth and says, you know, um, don't make me choose between you and destiny and he says well maybe those are the same thing like maybe you can go ahead and become an amazonian warrior and princess sort of thing but still be in love with me and maybe we can certainly kind of make this work um so definitely a back and forth all episode long but I, I enjoyed seeing just the reluctancy though right just the hesitancy that donna troy has instead of just completely falling in love with aqualad just that emotional struggle that she deals with I, I was a really big fan of it like there's a moment where she's um you know separating herself from Garf's birthday party, you know, in the room, headphones on, you know, face right inside of a book. And it takes Dawn to go ahead and come along and say, hey, get your head out of this book. Go give Garf some attention and certainly make this work because you guys got great chemistry. But again, when she's focused on trying to become an Amazonian warrior, that certainly takes precedent over the idea of maybe I should fall in love and fall for some guy at the end of the day. So I really enjoy just the emotional struggle that Donna Troy was certainly going to, um, especially when she goes to reach out to Jillian, who apparently is like this, this the connection. I'm assuming she's an Amazon as well, um, Amazonian as well, um, going to Jillian to go ahead and see. I guess she's like, the way that they made it sound in this series is almost as though Donna Troy is meant to go to Themyscira to complete her training. 
Um, but there's a time period that she has to wait until she can actually go to the island. Like, I think Donna Troy, for the most part, what she explained in this episode was that she really wanted to find a life for herself uh, and maybe establish something for herself before she winds up leaving. Um, but it seems as though Donna is trying to maybe push that trip uh, a little sooner rather than later, really wanting to get out of really the struggle of having to pick and choose, right? Um, I mean, why would you have to pick and choose the idea of love? when you could just leave and run away and leave everything behind uh, a, a little bit of a uh what's the word i'm looking for a little bit of excuse me a, a part of my french here but a little bit of a dick move though on donna troy's part to kind of sleep with aqualad you know kind of falling into it just a little bit one more time before she winds up leaving and then bailing on homeboy without telling anybody well she does in fact at least tell dick grayson robin breaking the news to her like hey i'm leaving tonight like i'm not in two months not in three months not in six months but i'm leaving tonight sort of thing so she winds up sleeping with aqualad and winds up trying to book it out of town beforehand and needless to say that does not go very well uh doesn't go over very well with aqualad at the end of the day so a really great scene, though, between these two, um, just that 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 culminating moment um, before she gets onto that jet. Right. I feel like that's like every every uh, hopeless romantics dream, in a sense, right, to have somebody stop you before you just go off forever and they can never have you again sort of thing. A, a little bit cliche, but they actually pulled it off really well here in this episode, seeing just the true emotions from both Aqualad and Donna Troy. And it's one of those things that even though Aqualad, for me at least, came across as an arrogant bastard or arrogant asshole at the end of the day he does at least prove that he does mean what he says about donna troy right like he's not just being flirtatious it's just trying to get in her pants or anything like that like aqualad truly does care about her it's just his overall personality that i just wasn't the biggest fan of unfortunately um but clearly it's something that got to donna troy every once in a while i mean hey when you're looking into those big uh, blue atlantean eyes with the hair and things like that i'm pretty sure it's it's hard for a girl to resist something like that so <laughs> needless to say they do wind up making up. They're about to go back to Titan's Tower when all of a sudden, boom, Deathstroke strikes, takes him out of the equation like that. No water powers is going to stop this guy from taking a bullet to the chest, which I thought for the most part, they did his water powers pretty well. They didn't really use it, go overboard with it. I think they used like um, a fire hydrant and then like a water tank or something like that. So they didn't go too crazy with his powers, but they at least gave us just a little bit of something, just a little bit of something. But I'm kind of curious to know what you guys thought in regards to at least Aqualad, whether it be his costume, his personality. What did you think of just the connection between him and Donna Troy? I like the chemistry. Like, I love just the, um, I love like what, um, what uh, Drew and uh, Connor were able to do as far as feeding off of each other in front of their, in, in, in regards to their scenes. I did like all their scenes together, but I'm going to tell you, there were some awkward moments. Like, I don't know if you should get that close, Drew. She doesn't look like she needs you that close, buddy. Like she, she's about to call a lawyer on you, man. You're about to get charged with sexual harassment, my friend. So <laughs> there were some awkward moments here in this week's episode. Um, but Hey, that's, Love can be awkward sometimes, guys. Um, but let's go ahead and move on just a little bit because uh, honorable mention also goes out to Dr. Light, who we get to see in this episode as well. It seems as though Dr. Light and Death Show definitely have some sort of connection. Um, I don't know if at this point they're certainly planning things together or if it just happened to be that way where Dr. Light was taken out by the Titans around the same time that Death Show was certainly doing his thing. Uh, and maybe that's why they probably partnered, partnered up 
partnered up and got together at some particular point in time. But um, great little uh, fight and sequence here between our Titans and Dr. Light. Very brief, though, needless to say, but they do go ahead and do their best sort of tag team impersonations. Hawk and Dove did like some doomsday device on Dr. Light, like somebody lifted him up and she came in with like this clothesline doing some wrestling moves. I was waiting. I was really ready for a Robin to jump off the top rope with the macho man elbow drop. I mean, they, they went crazy on Dr. Light here in this week's episode, and I absolutely loved it, quite frankly. Um, but I'm hoping that we get to see Dr. Light actually put up a little bit more of a fight later on in this season. Um, so Dr. Light was certainly in there. Um, and then last but not least, let's get into this Jericho talk, man, because now that we know that Deathstroke has officially killed Aqualad, this really has changed the mindset to our Titans. You can clearly see our Titans now have officially gotten a little bit darker in their mindset going forward. It makes me wonder if next week's episode in episode five will also be sort of taking place in the past or if we're going to jump to a more current time. Um, you know, it, it, there's a great line in here where we get to see Dick Grayson and Don, who for the most part actually in this episode are are an actual couple, are an actual thing before Dawn and Hank actually get together, which is a little weird to see. I mean, we've, we've kind of got hints at that in season one, but to actually see it in real life is a little bit trippy. Like Dawn holding on to Dick Grayson and she's straddling him inside, I don't say the Batcave, but like near the computers and they're making out and stuff like that. So definitely a jolt. I mean, Dick Grayson's a lucky man. Let me just go ahead and say that real quick. But it is one of those things where like they make a comment where Dick Grayson's like, oh, so you like the idea of me being Batman or something like that. And she's like, no, I don't I don't need you to be Batman. But once things go down between Deathstroke and Aqualad and they figure out that Deathstroke is, in fact, Slade Wilson. I love the line where Dawn looks at Dick Grayson is like, now I need you to be Batman. Now I need you to be that dark, that, that dark bastard that we all know, right? And this is where Dick Grayson flips his switch a little bit. And I'm wondering if this is, in fact, the start to that really dark path that Robin has talked up about all season long in season one. What are the ramifications of the death of Aqualad? And what does that turn our Titans into? Does that turn robin into maybe becoming a little bit more like batman we see at the end of this episode which was really eerily creepy um dick grayson going inside of a record store that jericho the son of slade wilson is there and you know look you know dick grayson knows that jericho is slade wilson's son right i mean this guy can get information on anybody if he wants to so if slade if he really wants to know the children of slade wilson and maybe get to them that way I i'm sure that's i'm sure dick grayson knows jericho is the son of slade so when we see jericho just having the day of his life looking through some brand new vinyl records for some music uh dick grayson comes in gives him this rare new uh vinyl record for him to use and it's like he's it's like he's stalking his prey you know, he's got like this, this, this smile on the whole entire time. And anytime Jericho turns around and walks away, his demeanor changes. Like I'm about to mess this kid's life up. Like, like he, Dick Grayson's about to kidnap this guy. He's about to do something terrible to him, but you get to clearly see that the thing that tides are in fact changing. And I, I got to ask you a question. Do you guys think, because Rose came out of nowhere and was like, my father killed my brother, AKA Jericho. 
do you think possibly that maybe it's not Deathstroke that killed Jericho? Do you think that possibly maybe Dick Grayson or the Titans actually killed Jericho to get back at Deathstroke? Is that is that too crazy to say? Is that too dark? I feel like maybe that's too dark. But considering the fact that Dick Grayson is being a, a, a eerily creepy sort of villain and stalking around this kid in a record store, I feel like anything's possible, right? I mean, Dick Grayson has been talking about the idea like, hey, I've been pushed to the limits before. I've done things I'm not proud of. You know, um, the idea of Dawn wanting him to be this batman and now we see this demeanor change for dick grayson i i'm not gonna go so far and say it's not possible i'm not gonna go so, so far as to say it's not possible but we'll definitely have to see we'll definitely have to see how it plays out but i'm intrigued i'm definitely intrigued so overall i really enjoyed this episode i wasn't the biggest fan unfortunately of aqualad his persona his costume but I loved everything else about this episode from the, the flashback sequences to see how Deathstroke's playing a major role. I was always almost under the impression based off of what Donna Troy said that Aqualad maybe died in Titan's Tower um, because she's like, you know, this place just has bad memories involved in it. And then, yeah, it probably still does, even regardless if Aqualad hasn't been killed in Titan's Tower. But I honestly thought that that's where it was certainly leading to for sure. But who knows? A lot of a lot of things could certainly could happen. And for me, another thing that I really enjoyed about this week's episode was I I love the I love the team chemistry. I love the flashback because we kind of get the opportunity to see the Titans almost at its purest form, right? Um, we're so used to seeing the second iteration that sometimes I think we forget that there was a past Teen Titans group, and this is them. This is them at their finest. And so for me, it's really fun to kind of go back and see what the original Titans were were like, um, and really seeing what Robin is trying to now accomplish as Dick Grayson and Nightwing and the new the new group of Titans that he has before it. So uh, for me, who's who's a nostalgia guy, who's always wanted to see what this past Titans team was like, um, I was certainly really pleased uh, with what we got here in this particular week's episode. Um, but um, let me know what you guys think. Again, these are just my A-plus opinions, guys. Um, I definitely want to know what you guys thought about episode number four of Aqualad. Is there anything in particular that I'm missing um, character-wise, storylines? If I am, go ahead and comment below uh, in the comments or in the live chat. Um, I would certainly love to talk with you guys um, in regards to everything that's certainly going on for this week's episode and Titans in general. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump over to the live chat and see if you guys are saying anything over there before we go ahead and wrap up. Uh, let's see here. Looks like we got... Um, um, uh, chaos. What's up, chaos? Thank you very much for popping in today. He says, this is kind of off topic, but I don't know if you've heard already, but I think Hulu's runaways and free forms cloak and dagger are doing a crossover. Yes, they are doing a crossover. Um, they actually came out with a, a commercial or like a little promo video, if I'm not mistaken of the, the entire cast, like cloak and dagger and runaways. Um, so they are going to be doing a crossover, uh, this season uh, i believe the crossover events actually going to be taking place on runaways uh for season three so that's where you'll be able to catch it at uh at the end of the day uh and then uh he also winds up saying do you think this might open the window for a cw dc streaming service crossover um that's a good question I, I right now I don't know chaos and the, and here's the reason why I don't know I, I because I feel like the CW and the DC universe is kind of in a really weird transitional period right now um so here so this is what we have right we've got 
on the DC Universe streaming service, we've got Harley Quinn that's set to still drop. We've got Star Girl that's set to still go ahead and drop. Um, I don't know if we're getting any more outsiders or not on DC Universe, but we also have to remember Swamp Thing was in fact canceled. If you guys are curious, Doom Patrol Season 2 has in fact been announced for not only the DC Universe streaming service, but also the HBO Max streaming service, since the HBO Max is actually a Warner Brothers uh, streaming app also. I believe it's actually by Warner Medias. And so since CW and DC and all of them are owned by Warner Media, there is some there is some debate as to whether or not a lot of these DC Universe streaming shows might get sent over to HBO Max sometime next year, uh, which is, I think, HBO Max drops in March, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I don't know if they're going to, like, Doom Patrol Season 2, they're actually going to simulcast, right? So they're going to be going on DC Universe and on HBO Max as well. I know for HBO Max also, they may have some CW shows on there. So maybe if they start putting things all in one location, then maybe we might get ourselves a crossover at some particular point in time. But I'm still under the impression that they very much want to keep them separate. Almost like the CW and Arrowverse stuff is in their own their own place. Uh, but maybe, who knows, maybe with the Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, crossover event that we're going to be having on CW, maybe this is their way of taking all these Earths um, getting rid of them and just putting all of their characters into just one gigantic universe. So I I'm going to wait and see, though, Chaos. I I'm going to wait and see how Crisis on Infinite Earths plays out. Um, who knows? Maybe in Crisis, maybe we get brief glimpses uh, of some of these DC Universe characters, right? Maybe they may not be present, um, but like, for instance, right, there are plenty of times in The Flash where we see him running down the Speed Force. And what do you see when he's running down the Speed Force, right? You see images going along, like as he as he's running across, you see images of different shows and things like that. I can see something like that happening in Crisis, where we don't get to see the characters physically, but maybe in some way or another, in some dimension, or they're looking through a viewing globe, I don't know, but they see like the DC cinematic universe, or they see the DC a streaming service universe sort of thing, like just glimpses, like there are other worlds out there that we haven't, that they haven't even connected with yet. So something like that, I would be completely okay with. Uh, but I will wait to see after Crisis how everything works out along with how once HBO Max releases next year, how everything is going to plan out. I don't as of right now, though, I don't see a big crossover happening, but maybe if things actually get you know, more confined, then maybe we wind up seeing something chaos. But thank you very much for your question. I appreciate it. Uh, S. Karoma says uh, dead Aqualad dark and light balance mess up. Uh Dead Aqualad, dark and light balance mess up, and then you go on to say Robin. Um, so let's see. Dead Aqualad, dark and light balance mess up Robin. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of see if you're saying that because of the dead Aqualad, that's kind of what messes up Robin. I, I can definitely see that for 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 sure. Because Dick Grayson in, in this whole entire episode seemed like he was a pretty chill, pretty chill guy, doing things according to plan, working, you know, great teamwork sort of thing. He was happy. Homeboy was in love sort of thing. And now Aqualad is dead, unfortunately. And now you've got his girlfriend who's looking to him to be more like a Batman instead of a Robin. And so now it seems as though, if anything. 
he's probably going to tap into that darker side of him that he probably resents uh, tapping into uh, all season one, right? We've, we've been trying to see him in season one get away from being this person. This might be the journey that puts uh, Robin right there, unfortunately. Uh, 25 ACP, what's up, CJ? Good to see you, man. Uh, he says, I wish at I wish at this season finale... Um, okay, hold on. I wish at this season finale do Red Hood... But he should show up late in season three, uh, and I wish they do an Outlaws TV show, uh, is what he says in his next one. Um, I know a lot of people want to see Red Hood, but th does Red Hood even come in this early? I mean, we still are in Jason Todd's sort of, um, sort of Robin scheme. I mean, Jason Todd hasn't even died yet, so I, I don't, I don't see uh, Red Hood coming back at least for this particular season finale. Um, I mean, if anything, CJ, you might be on something maybe late season three. Um, but I feel like once Jason Todd is gone, we probably won't see him again. Because uh, I feel like Red Hood is just so much later in his years when he kind of gets reintroduced once again. That I don't know if that kind of encompasses the same time period for Titans. Um, but it's it certainly, but you, but you certainly could be right. I look, you're not the first person that certainly asked for red hood. I've, I've seen a few people ask for red hood. Um, but maybe my, like my continuity timeline is off, but I always, always understood red hood was a more of an adult version of Jason Todd per se, whereas he's still just a teenager here. So, um, I, I could be wrong or maybe I'm uh, misunderstanding something, but definitely let me know, let me know what you guys think. Again, Red Hood is certainly a character that a lot of people uh, have definitely been asking for. So, um, yeah, I, I appreciate your guys's comments and certainly your, your guys's questions. Um, but again, let me know what you guys think guys in, in the bottom, in the comment section box below, let me know what you guys thought about episode number four. So, um, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up for you guys today. Um, I appreciate each and every one of you guys joining us uh, for our Saturday breakdown of Titans. Uh, I've really been loving this season so far. Uh, I really do think that they have taken a significant step forward for this season. Um, you know, at the end of season one, uh, you know, for me, while I personally love season one, I know that for some people, it certainly didn't didn't hit their particular mark. Um, but seeing how much the DC Universe has grown in regards to its production for its shows, I was expecting big things from Titans season two, and they haven't let me down. Down, guys they haven't let me down each episode continues to get better and better um but we'll see but let me know what you guys think about this week's episode but guys overall i appreciate it have a good day enjoy your weekend take care of you and everybody else and i guess until next time i'll see you guys later keep it a plus i'll talk to you later bye